ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the JT and Big O podcast. We are your hosts, Video Geek JT and Ryan Big O'Regan. How are you doing, my friend? I am good that you finally got your name right. I yes. am so happy for you. <laughs> like, I, you, you probably can't tell from the camera or the microphone or anything, but my heart is just pumping out of my Aww. chest. I am so pleased. He's happy for me. I'm not as I'm stupid as it was last week. <laughs> yes. Uh, funny story. Uh, for those who realize this, I, I am a filmmaker every once in a while. And a few years ago, I made a film called Riding with Sunshine with my friend uh, Kristen Kummer. And it was a very, very serious film. It involved racism and cops. Uh, and these somewhat racist cops in the film no one kind of realized that these were the badges that they were wearing. And uh, I wish the light uh, had to pull it back or up a little. How about now? Can you? I, mean, I can see it, but I just can't read it. it says Raccoon City or Raccoon Police. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, that's what was available on Amazon. It was like, oh, you can get the official Raccoon Police uh, police badge from Resident Evil. Like, cool. That's what I'm going to use for my super serious uh, film about racism. Yeah, that, if I ever do something with the police, I have a badge that says a uh, Vermont Highway Patrolman that I got as being one of the sponsors for Super Troopers Two. So nice. I'm going to use that if necessary. I didn't even know they were uh, Vermont. I thought it was uh... actually I didn't know where they were from. Oh yeah, no, you gotta have that Vermont so this way. You got that like uh, you know connect Canada crossover sort of thing going on. Actually, that is basically the premise of the second movie that they redo the borders. Oh, really? I, you know, yeah. I, I only ever saw one. And by the way, I know you gave me the poster for number two, and it's still around here. It's still got to get go up. Uh, I just got well, the that's because I've now. got the one signed by all of them. So obviously, I do have a little <laughs> bit of favoritism on my end. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Plus, I've interviewed at least two of them. Well, wasn't the end of the last one the fact that the super troopers were ended and they just became uh, regular police? Yes, but, um, well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but obviously uh, things uh, quiet down uh, since then. And there was a particular incident. I'm not going to say which particular trooper. <clears throat> far up. Uh, something happened that pretty much got them all taken off. Ah. Uh. I see. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Eventually I'll get around to that movie, but, uh, I yeah. didn't do it for 420 already. Astounds me. And here we are. You're like 10 days removed practically. And well, you're the producer. <laughs> you're the one who puts, uh, in the stories we talk about. Why didn't you bring it up? Oh, okay. I, I, I enjoyed 420. So I... <laughs> he forgot. I don't know what kind of cognitive thinking you expect me to have at some points. I have nothing. Uh, I have plenty. (laughs) Well, on today's episode of the, on a very special episode of the JT and Big O podcast. uh, Yeah, we have Maya Bialik and she's going to be talking about her uh, drug issue in high school. (laughs) It's balloons for a party. Whippets. (laughs) So, uh, we're just a little bit of a, a warning ahead. We're actually taping this a few days earlier than we normally tape our podcasts because uh, 
Unfortunately, I have some personal matters I'm going to be taking care of, so I won't be around on our normal day, which is Sunday. So some of the stuff we talk about may go out a little out of date. Hopefully not. If it's way out of date, we'll try to fix it somehow. I don't know how. Uh, I'm kind of lazy, so I, I make no guarantees on anything. But uh, I just wanted to give that little warning out. But to go right into it, the first thing we wanted to talk about today was the th- actually a topic we already spoke about. AC uh, AMC saying they're not going to be playing any films from Universal anymore. Oh, this is a full shit the bed sort of situation. Ah. This is a, this is the sort of thing that's not going to help anybody, really. It's not going to help the theaters. It's not going to help Universal. Um, yeah, but obviously, it's... just to backtrack on some of the old stuff, uh, Universal went ahead and uh, made some decisions about some of the movies that they were going to get and uh, have come out this year. And instead of push everything back, they decided to read some things on video on demand and streaming. Case in point, Trolls World Tour, which I personally enjoyed. And that was earlier this month. It has done well. Uh, I don't know if it's um, as profitable as it could have been, but it's certainly, as far as all parameters are concerned, a success. Because of that, Universal has decided, oh, well, we are looking into maybe doing theater and video demand at the same time for some pictures. Or maybe uh, some pictures go to theaters, some pictures more on demand than we've been doing. Uh, really, the uh, CEO of Universal, uh, Jeff Shell, he's been backtracking his uh, argument and story at least three times since he decided to come out with that. So I don't know what Universal wants to do. It's just they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too, in a sense. Yeah, um, I don't know whose side I'm really on with this one, because to be honest, at the same time, uh, AMC going straight down saying we are just completely utterly banning universal uh it, it's like uh that old saying to uh you're gonna cut off your nose to spite your face i can understand wow, i didn't even know you knew that one yes yes i did uh i can understand if universal or if amc just straight out said like okay Universal's not allowed to do that if they decide they want to stream at the same time as play in theaters we will not air any of those films right that's understandable and You place Universal in the good place to say, okay, well, what choice do we make here? And they'll probably decide to stick with AMC. Now you make the decision straight out to say, well, we're just straight out just to punish you. We're not playing any of your films, no matter what. And it's like, okay, who's going to hurt here? Because on one corner, you have Universal, owned by Comcast, the biggest cable provider in the United States. One of the biggest internet providers in the United States. They're going to do well, no matter what. On the other hand, you have AMC who, as we spoke around two weeks ago, was in some financial trouble and, you know, trying to play these games with a bigger company. I don't think you're going to do too well. Yeah. But I'm now, as much as we want to say that this is like a he said, she said sort of situation just this week. On top of that, they're not the only players in the game now because now Regal, uh, or rather Cineworld, which I think is the uh, conglomerate that owns Regal Theaters, 
yeah. has decided to throw their hat into this ring and side with AMC. Now, mind you, this whole idea is there's like, an, I don't know if there's like a written law about this, but there's like an understanding rules of engagement almost between film distributors and the theaters. And for the longest time, theaters have always said that they will not showcase a movie in theaters that is also being shown outside of theaters, like whether it be video on demand or simply back in the old uh, straight to VHS sort of days, that sort of stuff. It's either we get the theater first, we get to show it first, then after enough time, it can be distributed elsewhere. That's always been the rule, probably dating all the way back to the 70s and 80s. And at this point, yes, given the circumstances, it's kind of a, a shitty situation all around because there's no clear winner. The theaters lose, Universal loses. Think about if something like, um, uh, what is it, Jurassic Park Dominion or Fast 9, things that are coming out in the next year or two. If that stuff isn't shown in theaters, you're basically knocking down a multi-million dollar movie, possibly part of the billion dollar club, to chump change in comparison. Possibly. Um, yeah, I I don't know how, how the numbers will go. And I think going forward that, you know, maybe maybe someone like Universal is going to be the, the control subject and see how much money they can make without uh, theater help. Uh, well, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the control of it because really the whole thing started just with, like, miscommunication. Like, look at someone like Warner Brothers. Now, Warner Brothers, as we discussed, they're going to go ahead and they're going to put Scoob out on... Uh, I still love the saying Scoob. I love the word Scoob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it couldn't have been Scooby-Doo or something, like that, but Scoob with the exclamation I love that. Anyways, they're going ahead. They're putting it on video on demand. They're putting it on streaming. It's going to be for rent and for buy. But Warner Brothers also went ahead and told uh, the, the conglomerate of theaters, like uh, whatever the board or body or the skull and crossbones sort of organization that runs the theaters they told them hey we're probably going to do a couple of movies out on demand given the circumstances at this time but we still want to have our agreement with the theaters have our relationship keep going and when the theaters are up and running we'll be working with you to put something out there for you they at least went ahead and said hey i'm gonna do this but don't worry Universal pretty much just said, hey, we're doing this, and didn't tell them anything. So it's kind of like bad blood in that sense. Yeah, and uh, as I kind of mentioned on another episode, uh, NBC, which is it, the actual company Universal's NBC Universal, they're known for making Peacock. some uh, poor decisions. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, all right, let's let's be honest here. Try, like, not releasing your films in theaters will overall hurt your films because there is a lot of money to be earned by still playing in theaters. People still like the theater experience, but at the same time, theaters are bringing in less and less people. That's why they've had more of the gimmicks over the years, putting in the recliner chairs, putting in the dine-in theaters because less people really want to go to the theater a lot of people are satisfied staying at home and watching it on their TV, on their phones, etc. Uh, Netflix has been releasing a lot of what would be considered by most 
big budget features, but they're just releasing it on their streaming network. And people are more than happy to just watch it there than watch it in a theater. If you could correct me if I'm wrong, but mostly what's successful in theaters these days are the big budget visual uh, movies, not any of the smaller drama pieces. Well, um, John Campia, who does the uh, John Campia podcast and John Campia show, uh, one of the best uh, film analysts out there, which, hey, John, if you're ever watching this, good job. He's not watching. He this. went ahead and made the idea that um, it's systemic of the idea that you are having these movies made for way, way more than they should be made for. Now, that's not necessarily maybe the case with something like uh, Avengers Endgame or something like that. But then you have like smaller pieces like, um, well, like Emma or, um, you know, Stuber or uh, any kind of random comment, even Bad Boys for Life, which was probably like the last big hit. Uh, Warner Brothers with uh, Birds of Prey. Things that are being so exorbitantly funded and now makes that much more weight on the theaters to bring in more people to make that more money because there's that much more of a cut that has to be taken by the theaters and by the movie producers and the filmmakers and the distributors. Everything is so overly inflated that the entire business model itself is for cocta. It is. And it's been like that for a while, I think. Uh, maybe. Yes. And instead of actually doing anything to trim back, everyone's just been trying to keep up with the Joneses and everything's gotten bigger and grander and more obscene. But the only example that immediately comes to my mind is something a film from 25 years ago. So it's a slight bit out of date in terms of budgeting. But it was uh, Mallrats by Kevin Smith, who Kevin Smith Ooh, even mentioned... Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we could do this film for $50,000 or something like that. And uh, their producer immediately said, like, no, you start at a million. Like, yeah, so that this way he gets his money. Yeah. And but yeah, that's the that's the business. It is overinflated. Uh, it's probably a reason why Netflix might do as well as it does. Not that I'm looking at the budget. Someone will correct me on this. I'm I'm speculating here. Well, you're, you're the businessman. I, I know nothing yeah. of business. Obviously, no, no. I'm. I'm fine living poor, but, but I'm, I'm just making an assumption here because Netflix does make a lot of uh, productions that look film, uh, cinematic quality. I I've talked in the past about, uh, altered carbon. I've not looked at the budget for that, but I'm going to assume it's a lot less money than most of the films that you see in theaters either. So you can probably put on much better productions at a smaller cost, but yeah, some people need to get paid. They need that money in there. Uh, there's a lot of unions involved. Um, but it, it's overly going to be a bubble that bursts. I, I think anybody could go ahead and say that. And as far as like just being a general movie fan, do I enjoy the theater experience for some things? Yes. Do I feel like I have to have the theater experience for everything? God, no. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that I was an AMC aimless member where I get my three movies a week that I can go ahead and see for, like, a low, low price of, like, 21 bucks a month, there is no way I would be able to see and review as many movies as I have in the past year. And I don't know if there's any other way to go about what we're doing now. Some movies will have to be relegated to the theaters, automatically because it's just going to be an overall social 
a bombastic experience. But other things really should just be relegated to streaming because instead of trying to go ahead and put it out in the theaters and trying to get some money back, you're ultimately wasting more than you need to. Yeah, well, such as like a, a Trolls 2 World Tour. I I think that would do fine just doing streaming because that's just a kid's movie. You don't need to bring uh, a ton of kids to a theater to see that film. You could sit them f- down in front of their television and they'll watch it. You they'll you can buy it from them. They'll be happy with that. Oh yeah, no. As far as like the consumer, that's probably the better mode. Instead of going ahead and trying to like get all the kids together, get them dressed, get them cleaned up, get them in the car, get them to the theater, get them into the seats, get the candy and the popcorn and everything for them because otherwise they'll be crying during the movie. And then you got to go ahead and make sure that they stay in the seats and they're not acting up and they're not being allowed and they're not running around. Obviously, you can tell I've worked in a movie theater before and I have seen <laughs> these things firsthand. But yes, it's a much cheaper, easier experience to keep it at home. But that is why the theaters are so pissed that a kid's movie isn't in theaters. Because you can go ahead and take like the one or two price ticket amount of $19.99 and make it exorbitant once you start adding kid after kid after kid, candy after candy after candy, soda after soda after soda. So, yeah, in that sense, I'm like, I can see the point of view of the, the movie theater where they're, they had a knee-jerk reaction. They're like, oh, God, this is our way of life. We need these kids' films. We need these dramas. We need every film, every major film from every major studio to be released to us first for three months or whatever period of time it is so that we can make money because right now we are screwed. Like it was, well, the, more so the, AMC, I think, the, so than Regal. The minute I think that Regal's just pretty much getting on the bandwagon yeah, because they well, know it's yeah, because again, you because again, Universal coming out and saying, "Oh, we don't, we can put our movies in theaters just so we can get whatever money we need over there, but uh, we can also put it over here at the same time, and we'll double dip, and we'll probably earn more money that way." I think AMC had that knee jerk reaction to say, "Oh no, 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 no! If they do that, that's." that's going to be near the end of us. And, and that they, that was why I think they reacted the way they did. But in yeah. the end, I think that is going to, again, hurt them because Universal's is going to survive. AMC might not survive. And what happens if the other studios start going, eh, do we need to release in their theaters? Maybe we don't. And, and, and with Regal, I, I know Regal's probably looking at it like, you know, we'll, we'll be next. Regal's probably doing better business from at least the way you and I have talked about it recently, but I feel they, they have to be in danger of uh, their way of life, too. Well, any theater chain, I'd say, would really have to worry. Not so much even just the little mom-and-pop-owned one, but really any chain that goes ahead and has, like, a worldwide effect. They've felt this more than say, just our little old Cranford Theater over here in uh, Cranford, New Jersey. Uh, for every single theater like that, there's at least three or four AMCs, plus the one Regal down there in, uh, what is it, New Brunswick? Or yeah, East Brunswick? Uh, North Brunswick. North Brunswick. But um, So, yeah, everyone's kind of feeling the cut, but obviously AMC's feeling it first and hardest. Right. And, yeah, for all we know, when the theaters finally do open up, they may not even open up. It's I, a power play where no matter how you look at it, it's yeah. just a matter of who you want to put your chips with. And and that's something I wanted to bring up too, is the fact that uh, even once coronavirus has flanned and once people start going out again, the, the theory right now is that a lot of people are not going to want to be in large crowds. 
Um, yeah. I probably shouldn't even bring this up. I'll probably get yelled at later, but you know, I'm working on a film festival in September and uh, I, I actually went to the, the director of the film festival and I asked him like, so what are we still aiming for September right now? And as of right now, the film festival is on first September and it is a go, but I just like, I'm wondering if like, if people are still going to want to come out to a movie to see movies with a crowd of people five months from now. I mean, it'll be a question of whether or not you have to sit right next to somebody or whether or not you can like sit a row away. Yeah. But at that point, then you can't pack the house either. So yeah. Well, either you extend the amount of time the festival goes on for. So this way everybody gets to see it mm-hmm. or yeah, you're going to suffer the losses of having to worry about keeping everyone at a certain distance. And then you go into a theater, which, you know, at least where we're doing our show, it's a nice bar so we can attract people with beer. But uh, you go into a movie theater, which is a nice dark space, uh, very crowded together. And sometimes I don't think anyone's going to really want to do that for a while. I think uh, people are going to be turned off by that idea. I mean, really, it all depends on your own personal preference and your own personal theater. Like, I've seen some things back when I worked at a movie theater that were like, you shouldn't be doing that in a theater. And yet, people have their own. (laughs) When you say that, so many things pop into my mind. You shouldn't be doing that. I'll I'll tell you that. (laughs) I know they have, but. Anyway, yeah, it's different from when we were like, you know, you little kids and we went to a theater and we were on like a first date or something. Now it's like, you know, seventh wedding anniversary, 50 shades is on. And it's uh, no, no. God, continue. Not with that. No, but I'm saying, if people are worried about like, aren't worried about that going on. I don't know if those people are necessarily going to be concerned about any kind of distancing or any kind of health hazards, but certainly I think most, there is a portion of the theater and a portion of the movie going public that is going to be affected for probably the next year at most. Yeah. I think that'll go on for almost all events. Uh, like I think that the people are not going to want to go out. And in the case of movies, I think they rather just stay at home where it's safe and watch them rather than go someplace with a crowd. And yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I mean, it, it shows that, you know, uh, Regal and AMC and Bowtie and whoever else you are, you, you don't have the foothold you think you are. And, you know, you try a power play, you might get burned. Yeah, I mean, the movies will always have an outlet, whether it be one you have to go to or one that comes to you. As for the theaters themselves... Buildings end up empty all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you've ever seen the Dead Mall series, you know. Oh, that, God, yeah. That could very easily become an AMC theater. Actually, yeah, uh, for us, uh, if, if you're familiar with New Jersey, and I think most of our listeners are, uh, if, you ever, <laughs> if you ever drive down the, uh, the New Jersey uh, Parkway and you cross the Driscoll Bridge, there's an old movie theater there that's been abandoned for 20, 25 years now. The old Amboy. Yeah. Yes. I still want someone to break into that. And not that I'm encouraging that. I am not encouraging you to break in. But now, mind you, when he's saying that, he is pointing directly at the camera, but I do feel like he's pointing directly at me. <laughs> you. But 
I, I would love someone to see someone have done some sort of dead mall series on that one just to see what it looked like. I'm I, cause I remember going there for Terminator and a few other movies as a kid. Well, I think that the trouble with that place is the swampland. I think it's just made it so uh, structurally unsound that I think as opposed to just being like weird and, you know, kind of kooky looking on the inside, it's probably very dangerous. You could probably like fall in or stuff could crumble over you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that is why they shut it down because it was just like it, it was the ground was not settled and they were worried about it getting worse over time. I'm actually, well, I mean, maybe when the building was first erected, yes, but I think, uh, not getting into too much uh, climate change talk, but I think water levels have risen a slight bit enough for it to become an issue with all that goes on on that side of the bridge. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, there is water over there. So um, I don't know. It's uh, I don't think that's ever going to open up. I, I'm just going to say it out. That's going to forever be abandoned. I don't know if anyone's ever going to buy that property. Uh, but that is no, it's in- one of those things where it's like, look, if Six Flags Great Adventure can be next to a swamp land. You can put something there. It just may not be a movie theater where you have to worry about like a lot of big heavy machinery. Yeah. Like, you know what I'd love to have over there? What? Go karts. <laughs> yeah, here here's some unsafe, unsettled land that might collapse anytime. Let's put go karts on it. Damn right. It has the experience. Water hazards, uh. man. Come on. <laughs> imagine doing like a little mario kart thing and you just like throw a shell at somebody and then they jump up a ramp and they go over a lake who needs astro park when you can go straight to central jersey exactly uh so so you are familiar with the dead mall series yes okay so i'll bring i'll bring this up since we're a little topic light for this episode uh i found don't don't give away the trade secrets (laughs) (laughs) whatever uh so I actually, I discovered this a while back uh, that this, I love YouTube. And another thing about entertainment is you don't need the big budgets anymore. Sometimes you could just go on YouTube, find something. And whether it's like a low budget production or just some guy wandering a mall that's been abandoned to time, it, it's the most intriguing things to watch. So there's this guy online. His name is Dan Bell. And he just for fun one day decided to wander around a mall with the camera. And it's a, like a lot of malls in the United States, it's a mall that uh, is slowly been dying. What does it, What is a dead mall, you ask? It's basically a mall where at least, I believe, 60 to 70% of the uh, store space is open, meaning vacancies, no stores there. And slowly but surely, the mall is slowly getting smaller and smaller until it just closes down. And so this guy kind of wanders around the mall and he makes his really creepy videos that are like actually kind of relaxing to watch where he walks around the mall. He shows off uh, like how things in the mall haven't been fixed up in years, how the design is from like the 80s and 90s and how it's just falling apart. All these stores <laughs> that no longer exist, movie theaters, actually. And that's what kind of reminded me of it. Though, as you know, malls have a lot of movie theaters in them. And so you'll have a dead mall with a abandoned movie theater in it. And, and then he'll play like this creepy music in the background. And it'll be 20 minutes of his relaxing voice and this creepy music and pretty much, uh, the dying of capitalism, <laughs> at least in physical form. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the idea that there's something 
there's some tranquility or some serenity and seeing the uh, the silence and uh, the hush of death over a building. <laughs> but let's call a spade a spade here. It's a creepy thing to see, man. It's like you, you see these places that might as well be out of a horror movie with the music and everything. It's like there shouldn't be anything like this still around. When it gets to that point, knock the shit down, put up a parking lot like that one song says, and just be done with it. I don't know why they go ahead and keep, keep trying to hemorrhage money and try, keep trying to get rent from like 30% of the stores in order to keep things active because then it just looks weird. I Because just human greed i think i i've uh i've never owned property uh but you know just from what i've seen over the years that just seems to be the case i've seen people shut down stores or leave a, a mall just because they couldn't afford the rent anymore because it became so high but knowing the area going like who are you going to get they'll pay more money for the space you just kick these people out of it, it's weird i want to mention it also always depends on the store itself i mean uh, speaking on movies and everything like we do, uh, look at things like uh, FYE or uh, uh, Suncoast Entertainment, you know, stores of that nature, which don't necessarily thrive anymore in malls simply because you have places online like Amazon and all that that you can actually go to and you can go ahead and pick out whatever little knickknacks, whether it be movies or music or paraphernalia, or even just Funko Pop, uh, you know, action figures, vinyl figures. You can do all that stuff online. There's no need for a terrestrial store anymore. There really isn't. Uh, that's actually, I think, a while back while we were talking about GameStop and how foolish it was that they were going to try to stay open through the coronavirus because, really, there's no point to that store. Everything can be downloaded offline. Well, but speaking directly for us, uh, do you remember the game shop in Woodbridge? Yes. Yeah, that that was an ideal place because it went beyond just video game. It was like poker and billiards and D&D and card games and stuff like that. It, it was every game you could think of that wasn't video. Funny enough, uh, actually, I, I used to run a, and just uh, how much of a geek I am, I used to run an anime club back in the day and one of uh, the people who used to help me run it was actually one of the managers for a period of time at that store. So that was actually a slight hangout of mine for a while. Yeah, but then when that place closed, I mean, I, I was there. I know you were there. Just the amount of people that came to just, like, try to clear out the inventory mm -hmm. because there is no other place like that in the area. No, but... At the same time, that store was quite expensive, so I think that there there are some reasons why maybe it did go out of well, business. It was quite expensive because it had like a lot of showroom space and not a lot to show on the room, unless you were going to be one of those people that bought like that huge uh, poker table that they had on the thing. It's like, who's going to take that out of the store? <laughs> I know people actually. Uh, when they were closing, uh, I remember they were trying to hand me off a. Uh, one of the gigantic glass cases where you can uh, show off like action figures and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like a little thing you put on your shelf. I mean like the full size uh, consumer one or not consumer, <laughs> like business grade one. And it's like, who's going to take that? So my friend took that anyway. And uh, he put that in his ass. 
I could only imagine how big his house is that he was able to put something like that and it would not be obtrusive. I don't think his house was that big. I think he was just he, <laughs> he didn't think it through. <laughs> By the way, uh, my hat keeps hitting the microphone. I apologize. But uh, there's actually, you know, it's funny. Suncoast was a big store that I went to as a kid. And uh, if you're watching the video version of this, I oh, goddamn light. All right. So even if you you're not watching lighting. the video version of this, <laughs> Uh, I actually found my old Suncoast replay card the other day. Oh, wow. And there actually is still like four Suncoast still open in the United States. One of them is here in New Jersey. I'm almost want to go down there and see if they still accept this. <laughs> Considering it's like one of the four left, you'd probably go in there and be like, he has the key to the kingdom. Let him in. Let him in. Suncoast is yours now. Enjoy. Yes. He'll be like Willy Wonka again in the glass elevator and be brought away to my kingdom. Anyway. Now let the tyrants of Blockbuster know that you're here. They will come (laughs) in full force. Find out that uh, Blockbuster still exists. They're just underground now. They're ready. They're just. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of old people that (laughs) kind of like make music off of all the little uh, VHS containers and, you know, snapping and closing and snapping and closing and make music. It's just they're just there going pay the late fee, pay the late fee. <laughs> uh, I oh my god! How many times did I get hit with a late fee? Oh, I actually never went to Blockbuster. I always went to the mom and pop stores. There was a, well, maybe it was a uh, video store. I don't know if it actually was a brand, but that was the one near my house. I always went to. Oh, no, no, no. We were definitely a Blockbuster family in my house because we had like the one over here by uh, in Linden, uh, the little strip mall and everything that was the Blockbuster. That's now like um, like Goodwill. And I remember when my mom gave me my first Blockbuster card, I felt like such a grown up because then I meant I could go ahead and I could pick a VHS and I could rent it myself. <laughs> and I felt like a big boy. I uh, I never got that much power. Uh, no one was going to trust me when I um, I actually, that was, I wanted that to be my first job. When I was old enough to actually work, like I was like, I wanted to get a job at that store. And I was asking like, are you hiring? Are you hiring? And unfortunately, you know, it that was the last year that that place was in business. So it was like, oh. I, I became old enough to work just in time for my dream job to disappear is... It was kind of sad. Yeah, that, that's kind of like me right now. Like back when I was doing the whole theater work and everything, it's like I had the idea of always wanting to work in a movie theater, even though I ended up working in a capacity that wasn't necessarily traditionally a theater job. Um, but yeah, when I got out last year, at the beginning of last year, and then I saw all the effects of everything that was going on, and now seeing how the industry is and seeing what's going on with the businesses. I'm like, damn, I got out just in time. Thank goodness. But imagine being like that one kid that's like, okay, I'm finally going to graduate high school. I'll get a job at the movie theater. I'll work over the summer and I'll do this and that. Now that side of stuff might be gone too. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be a very tough time for uh, the economy. Not that I don't, know if i really want to get into the topic the economy uh 
But, well, I mean, screw it. I mean, we're both doing this for free. So unless someone's <laughs> going to pay us, the economy has no bearing on what we say. True. Very true. I actually, I, I don't. Just in case to, anyone wants to sponsor. Just saying. I, I can't really speak about my own personal income because uh, I seem to be safe. I'm stressed as hell sometimes. But uh, I, I've been reassured not too long ago that I will probably have a job as long as I want it. Yeah, whereas me, who thrives in the gig community, whether it be bartending, acting, or otherwise, if it wasn't for unemployment, I don't know what I'd be doing. And mind you, I say this knowing that I have rent to pay this week. It, yeah, I mean, like you're you're one of the few people I still talk to regularly. Thank God for this podcast to a certain degree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like I, I've talked to you, and you tell me about you with the gig economy. I haven't gotten to talk to a lot of my other friends, but I'm sure they're struggling as well. Uh, we mentioned Scott, who's on the podcast. I actually, uh, I haven't talked to Scott in a while. He he might be doing fine. I'm not. I got to catch up with Scott. So many people I need to catch up with. And now I'm going all off topic. But I Are remember you saying that if it wasn't for the podcast, you wouldn't be talking to me. No, I'm saying that if, uh, if it weren't for the podcast, <laughs> I would be like a shut in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's crying. Well, look at the. Cry. I'm not, I'm not, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm look crying. at his little I'm tears. I'm, I bet I'm they taste just like no gravy. Tears. No tears. I am a little overclamped. I'd say talk it amongst yourself, but if you did that, then we wouldn't have a show. Did oh man, did you ever watch uh, 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 Gabriel Iglesias' last special? He's talking about going to Australia and how they have oh yes, yes. no chill on any of the jokes they say towards you. Yes. Oh yes, look yes, at him! Look, look at him! Look at him cry! I bet his tears taste like gravy. <laughs> Mine probably do too. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but like red, red gravy, not like the brown stuff. No, I fa- I actually, I, uh, yeah, now we're going way off topic, but yeah, I, I've actually felt. Yeah, kind now, of- now, yeah, we went from movie theaters to gravy. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like gravy. Um, you can't say we can't talk. You know, no. the Lord knows we do. No, we, we have plenty to say. Just who wants to listen sometimes. Apparently you, because you're listening to it. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Anyway, but all uh, right. But anyway, should we move on to another topic, or do we want to keep on the food gravy train? Yeah, let, let, let's move on to. Hey, let's go to a topic that we talk about probably to death on this show: professional wrestling. Now, I did. Well, yes, not, I mean yes, wrestling. But here's a top, but also a topic we rarely ever talk about: that gaming. Is true. Actually, yeah, it's surprising how little we talk about gaming. Well, that's because I don't think either one of us are, like, hardcore gamers. Like, we know about things that they come out, whether it be an independent or, like, a AAA brand. But how often do we actually get to play it ourselves? This is very true. I actually yeah, want to start... most, I've got, like, Fortnite on the brain, but that's, like, maybe an hour a day. That's just to get, get my experience points and my medals. After that, I don't give a damn. You know, I once tried to start to get different gaming channels, one by myself where I lasted two weeks until I realized I don't play video games. And then one again with Scott who lasted maybe six weeks before I realized I don't play video games. Right. But of course, the reason we're talking about gaming at this point and in conjunction with uh, wrestling is 
there's been some recent developments from the brand 2K, which of course, as many people know, 2K is the brand that gone ahead and put out uh, the WWE branded wrestling games, whether it be 2K18, 2K19, and of course, 2K20, which was egregious. <laughs> yeah. like, it was just a downfall of complete and utter mismanagement of gaming. Uh, I have, you know, be honest with you, I have not played a WWE video game in almost 20 years with the exception of one of them. But I've just heard so many bad things about uh, 2K20. It's like how, like, one of the greatest video games of all time was a game called WWF No Mercy. That was made yes. 20 years ago. People to this day still play that. How can 20 years later, especially with a franchise that is put out every year, how can you make a bad game? You pretty much have well, the blueprints of it for like the last 10 years. What happened? That's the thing. It's like you almost wonder if, you know, say back in the No Mercy days. Now, now yes, during like the, the, the height of the WWF, WCW, the Monday Night Wars, they were competing on all fronts. And gaming was one of the fronts that was probably most prominent because you could argue WCW in many cases had better games than WWF did at that time. Uh, yes. And, and actually specifically it was the, uh, I just, I always called it AKI and I found out recently it's all actually a key. Um, a key, yeah. So the company THQ alongside a key created uh, WCW world tour back in, I believe 1997, 1998, which was 97. So that, and that was considered one of the greatest video games to ever come out. And the very next year, WCW came out with another game using the same engine with some tweaks, uh, WCW Revenge, even better game. And again, they just kept taking this engine and making tiny tweaks. And by the time they got to No Mercy, it became the greatest game of all time. Now, again, I think they started the 2K series with 2K12. So that means... Uh... Or was it 2K? I believe so, because I think before then they were kind of running on the whole uh, uh, Raw, Raw versus SmackDown, Smackdown conglomeration sort of thing. So, yeah, but the, the time they actually started using the 2K title like they do with many of their other sports brands, it was in the uh, early teens. So I'm not sure how long they've been using this engine specifically, but we'll, let's say eight years at least they've had to be using this engine. How how can you get by the eighth version of the release and it just be total garbage? Well, not even that. How can the release before 2K19 be one of the most well-regarded ever? And then just one year later, you shit the bed as much as your sprites do. <laughs> I, like, seriously, if you see some of the, the bugs on this thing, it's terrible. There are entire channels that are devoted to like the create a character thing and just letting it all play out and letting all the bugs do the matches. There are complete YouTube videos of just the bugged out matches that this thing causes. I'm surprised they haven't come out with any bug fixes or anything for the game. No. So or is instead, it so, is it so bad? Now, yeah. So instead what 2K is doing, they've declared that there isn't going to be another wwe 2k game <laughs> they so the, the realistic wrestling that we've been getting is gone and instead what they put out this week was a trailer for 
WWE Battlegrounds. Now, of course, mind you, it is related to an actual pay-per-view title, not the best pay-per-view title, that's for sure. Not the best pay-per-view. Yes. But the game is going to be cartoony in nature, in a sense. It's pretty much just going to be like everyone's got like a big head mode. Or they look like um, caricatures that you'd see on like, if you go ahead and you're walking down the street and you see somebody that's drawing people uh, on a little canvas. That's like someone hired that guy to create the video game models for these characters. Well, you know, when you come out with the same video game every year, maybe a change isn't a bad idea, but eh, you know what? I don't like that one. That's that sounds cheesy. Not that well, there have been other ideas that they've done with wrestling games where it has worked. Like um, you can house. look at something like WWE All Stars, where they made like all those legends cartoony and everything, mm-hmm. and it worked in the sense. Uh, and then there was that one game that they were thinking about making, where it was going to be like a fighting game, and it was WWE uh, Immortals where it's like everyone had like an over-embellished Mortal Kombat like gimmick to their character. I saw that. That would have been cool. I would have I That would have been tried awesome. That. Yeah. Uh, do you remember uh, WWF In Your House back in the day? It was for PlayStation? Vaguely. So that, that was a cool one too, where it was a wrestling game, but then they all had superpowers. So if you did a mm-hmm. combination, like Undertaker would hit you with a literal tombstone. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Bam Bam yeah. Bigelow, when he did his headbutt, he would actually be like on fire, like the human torch, and like says opponent on fire when he hit him. Yeah, and I think that also propagated into the popularity of wrestling because really wrestling was the closest thing you got to like fighting games. Yeah. When you saw the kind of characters that you get in like a Street Fighter or a Mortal Kombat or a Virtua Fighter or a Tekken or anything like that, the closest thing you have to that in real life is professional wrestling. So if you're going to go ahead and switch it up and you're going to take professional wrestling characters and put them into a game and you're going to like take off some of the realistic shackles, then you go all the way. This trailer, the most I've seen about it is like, ooh, they, they flare up like Goku and Dragon Ball Z. That's it. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like every portion of the WWE is so lazy these days. It's, you know, it's like they've lost their heart somehow. Uh, I haven't looked into it. saying they lost their smile like a certain (laughs) kid? Yes, a little bit. Uh, In fact, some people are saying that maybe the chairman has lost his smile recently because apparently... Oh, he's lost a lot more than his smile. Yeah, lost his mind. Most of the muscles in that upper area are all gone, brain included. Uh, You know, he is coming... I I think he's mid-70s at this point. He's around the same age as Donald Trump, which also explains some things. But uh, (laughs) there's just a certain age where multimillionaires start to deteriorate. So what happens when you've had no boundaries your whole life and now you can't think straight? But anyway. Your hair is questionable. Your health is questionable. Either you're tanning to overcompensate or you look ghoulish because Vince does not look good, period. No, he doesn't. And, you know, I've heard a rumor. I know you've heard it, too. Uh, I think someone maybe even debunked it. I personally, I didn't believe it to begin with. But it's a fun thing to talk about, so I'm going to bring it up. So there's some right. rumor, there's some rumors that the WWE might be up for sale again. Right, not again, but, like, the rumors are around again. This time, selling to possibly EMP, uh, ESPN or I forgot what the other one was that they were. Fox. That, or Fox. Fox Sports. So, I don't know. 
for years we've been well, that's saying de- that's definitely more rumor than not. But I think the I think where the rumor is getting a little misconstrued is I don't know if the brand itself is up for sale, but I think maybe the pay per view rights are up for sale. Okay, well, yeah, and I I would see that. I think the there's they've been saying for a while that they want to move the pay per views off of uh the streaming and back onto an actual place where people will pay for it. So that right. I can see. But you know, I, I can't I previously worked for a company which was a family company, a billion dollar company, uh Cablevision, which was owned by James Dolan. And if you've ever heard that name, it's it's that schmuck that also owns the Knicks. But uh <laughs> No love loss I see. No, not really. Um well I don't work there anymore, so what's that tell you? Uh, not that I got fired, but yeah. Uh, well, not, not if you're calling him a prick like that. No. Well, you know, it's it wasn't the greatest company in the world. But the one thing we were kind of saying about it for the longest time was, anytime someone talked about a possible sale, they would say something like, oh, "That's never going to happen." And then, like, there'd be signs, like they start cutting back on. And here's here's some of the signs, and see if any of them sound familiar to WWE towards them trying to uh, start selling a company they start cutting back the budget even when they don't really need to. They start cutting pay. They start cutting benefits. They start cutting vacation days. And they start cutting as much of their uh, faculty as they can. Uh, does that sound familiar at all? Well, yeah, obviously the the earmarks are there. But also we've gone on record as reporting that they're still going to make a profit this year, even with all of the cutbacks that they've done, even with all of the you know industry issues that they've had with not having the live shows. They're well, still going to maintain a profit. It's not like they're hemorrhaging money. It's just the oh, fact no, they're that not. their organization of it is bad. Technically, uh, Cablevision. I mean, you know, Cable hadn't been doing good for years, but Cablevision wasn't in a bad spot either. Uh, I think sometimes someone looks at something and goes, how much longer can this last? And you sell when it's still at its biggest. UFC a few years ago sold for $4 billion when it was at its most profitable. It could happen. Yeah, but Vince has always been, oddly enough, a um, a strong family man. So he's going to leave it to... Paul and Stephanie, regardless, like he would sell it to them before he sold it to anyone outside. Vince has also been someone who thinks outside the norm. So, you know, for what he, you would think he would do, maybe he won't, maybe he'll think what's the best for money. Maybe he'll think like, maybe I'll try something else again. Maybe I'll try the XFL for a third time and sell the company to get some capital. You don't know. What if we did the XFL? In but space. as golf. <laughs> and uh, everyone just like swinging multi-sized clubs depending on how tough the guy is. I could picture him doing that. I won't watch it, but I could picture him doing that. <laughs> Extreme golf, pal. Yeah, just imagining like a guy with a tiger mask on just like coming out here and like. <laughs> Uh, got like a one woman on each arm, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, what? 
I don't know. I know what you were talking about, like when you you walk some valets down. But when you said one woman on each arm, I kind of picture like a parrot, like a little woman just sitting on the shoulders on each. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> My mind. No, we're not going Coco Beware with this. No, I'm not saying that. That's exactly what I was picturing. For some reason, I don't know why. All right, my mind's going all over the place. Um, but anyway, you saw the trailer for the game. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Would you play it? I have not played any wrestling video games other than No Mercy in the 20 years since No Mercy came out. I've, okay. I've So probably not. Right. Now, that in itself is a bit of a problem, because if you're going to go ahead and you're going to change up the entire format of a particular sports brand in regards to the game that you're going to put out, maybe it should be something a little bit more enticing than just, oh, hey, we went ahead and shrunk everybody and made them cartoony. You know what I play? No mercy. No. Yeah. So I, 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 we, we've seen this at this point. You are a uh, diehard No Mercy fan. Which, here, mind you, there's nothing against the games. Uh, well, here, like here's it. the funny thing. I'm not the only diehard uh, No Mercy fan. Actually, a lot of pro wrestling fans, are, especially from that era, are still very high on that video game. Uh, Matthew of Botchamania used to host his own tournament at MAGFest every year down in the D.C. area. I mean, a British guy coming all the way to D.C. just to host a No Mercy tournament, um, which, by the way, I won once. <laughs> That's a bit, yes. Um, you have uh, What Culture uh, Wrestling talking about it. And actually, the, the one of the best things I've heard of recently was uh, the people of All Elite Wrestling talking about how they want a wrestling game and how they would love uh, the Aki system to be used. I, I think... That was quoted by Kenny Omega talking about that. And I think he actually, Kenny, I think might actually have some association with the people over at uh, Aki. Oh, that's, that's tricky. I, I don't know if I necessarily want to see an AEW game yet. Yeah. And they don't have a strong roster. And so they might be uh, some time away before they do all this. But just the thought of, like, you know, even if they have a crappy roster, just an updated version of the No Mercy engine would be amazing to me. And it's yeah, not just it a little bit of a retro feel to it. Yeah. And it's not just Kenny Omega. I actually, I remember uh, seeing a video a while back with Cody Rhodes bragging about how he just got his N64 again. You have to know that No Mercy is part of the games that he's been playing on that system. So it's like, I'm pretty confident the majority of the EPs would want a new No Mercy game if they decided to bring AEW into the video game realm. Okay, so here's the question. If AEW does go ahead and get into bed with Aki, Mm -hmm. and they do create a game, yes. what do you call it? Uh, Well, that's a good question. I don't know. It probably, you could call it AEW All Out. You could call it AEW Double or Nothing. You just do what everyone does and call it by their uh, their pay per view. Well, no, games. double or nothing should be saved for the second game if and when then they make one. That just makes you know numerical sense. Could call the elite carnage. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, that's the thing. It's like their brand is so new that it's hard to really say how many titles or how many words they can come up with that would be synonymously noted as AEW. 
Wait, wait, now, wait. yeah, you say the all in, the all out, the double or nothing. You know, those were all kind of like lead up pay per views before AEW really became themselves. I'd say even uh, all out uh, was probably the what the first real official AEW one. No, double or nothing was uh, double back or in nothing May. was. All right, but since then they've only had like what two or three other major pay per view events. Yeah, so their their goal is they do a pay per view every three months as opposed to every month like the other ones. So yeah, they, like the uh, NXT Takeover. So there, theirs was uh, Double or Nothing, All Out, Full Gear, and I think they have another one coming up. Or they did until everything shut down. What um, was it like Revolution or something like that? Oh yeah, they did. They had Revolution as well. They already, I think they already did that one. And Blood and Guts right. was actually just going to be an episode of Dynamite. Uh, you know what they should call it? Uh, ju- just to piss off the WWE, call it uh, AEW Slammery. Because apparently uh, Cody oh, Rhodes yeah, no, the legal dispute trying to purchase the right of that. <laughs> so he's bashing I mean, the beach. Board games would be more fun, but, you know, we can't. So, unfortunately, if it weren't for Triple H, he probably would have gotten the rights back to that. But Triple H was like, no, war games might make some money. And to be fair, they have used it well on the NXT brand. Yes, they have. No, I have nothing I against don't know it. But when the next time they are going to use it is, I wish they came up with a better name for it than "Blood and Guts" uh, as the the off brand version of War Games. I I don't like that name. It's a cool pay per view name, but it's not a cool match name. But it would be a very cool video game name. Yeah, you could do that. AEW Blood and Guts. Yeah, get like some almost like Mortal Kombat sort of feel to it. You know, real exercise and like, you know seeing bones broken and having blood spewing and you have to color their blood to green fine if you have to do that but kenny mug is a big uh a video game fan maybe he'll be like yeah we should have fatalities in our uh wrestling game <laughs> or, yeah you know, or <laughs> just for about the young buck spines yeah <laughs> you're saying they have spines no i'm kidding <laughs> but no that that would be intriguing or you know if, if you have to make it more cartoony in that sense where it's not super realistic, fine, because at least it's retro and it kind of fits with it. Mm-hmm. But I'd say blood and guts or something visceral, something edgy, not just something like, you know, branded like 2K19, 2K20, 2K whatever. Because then it just, by the naming of that, it just sounds like par for the course. I've never been a fan of that. I just like, Give me a subtitle. Instead, all we do is get a different box art every single time one of those games came out. And yes, mind you, being the wrestler on the cover of a 2K game was like a big accolade. Because you had Roman Reigns, you had Becky Lynch, you had all the superstars who were like the big names of the brand. That's how you knew that they were the man, in a sense, when they got on the cover of that game. Now, it's... I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone worth caring about that hasn't already been on it. And that's kind of true. But that's then, then again, that's how, uh, as you go through time, you should be picking up new stars. But WWE has had an issue with doing that the last few years. And I don't know if it's a problem they have. I think they still have the ability to make stars. I think they're too afraid to make stars. Like, they don't want to make someone bigger than the company. They want the company to be the appeal, not the person. And that's not how a story works. You know, wrestling tells a story. You need a hero. Well, 
I mean, it tries to tell a story, but let's face it, WWE has never been the best on storytelling. I don't think they're trying to tell a story. I think they're just they're throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, back in the day, uh, when I was a big, big wrestling fan, 1998, that's when I got into it, uh, the entire Steve Austin storyline from uh, the night after WrestleMania 1998 all the way till WrestleMania 99 was the Steve Austin story. He's won the championship, but his boss is consistently trying to screw him over, and he's out thinking him at every turn. Finally, uh, the boss hires these two monsters to stop Steve Austin. Steve Austin loses the belt, and it goes to this uh, this very uh, egotistical but very talented wrestler named The Rock. And now Steve Austin has to go through this army of people to get the belt back from him. At the same time, there's these side stories like this uh, this uh, beat up man named Mankind who he's trying to get his own and he gets in and he wins the belt for a month and then gets it back. But at the same time, Steve Austin, he's fighting through The Undertaker. He's fighting through Kane. He's fighting through The Boss. And finally at WrestleMania, he wins the belt back. It, it was a great story. You could go back and watch every Raw and every pay-per-view that entire year and I think you would be intrigued throughout the entire show. And now we have Otis and Mandy. Yes. And that is, <laughs> and that, and, the, and what you're talking about, that is the biggest storyline right now. It would have been a nothing storyline back in the attitude era, but that's the best we have in terms of storytelling. Now I haven't watched professional wrestling since WrestleMania. So I have to ask the question, how did Seth Rollins become the number one contender for the WWE championship when he lost to Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? We haven't even had a pay-per-view in between yet. Did he did he destroy Kevin Owens since that period of time? Did he get his win back? I it doesn't make sense to me. But you I haven't watched. Wanna, here's what yeah. happened. Yeah. Seth went there. He was there. He went where? To the ring. He was, you know, in the vicinity. Well, the performance center, wherever they're shooting. Okay. He, he went to the location. Okay. He stood there. Yes. And that was it. <laughs> you, hey, he's got a pulse. Give him a championship match. At this what? point, yes. Wait, is, so is Kevin Owens back home with his family or something? And that's that's why he's I not? I suppose. I mean, it's hard to tell who's actually available and who isn't, but... I know he hasn't been on camera since. So, yeah, maybe he has taken the time off and he's just with family in quarantine. I feel really bad for Drew McIntyre in this time because this is, like, finally his moment and it's going to be in the most unwatchable period of professional wrestling. But Uh, It'll be fine. I mean, imagine when everything does come back to normal and they go ahead and they put him in, like, the beginning of the night it'll be fine he'll be good well then my my only problem with all of this is just like you were saying you know they're worried more about like who they attain rather than who they bring up um right now that's never been more evident than what happened this past week when they finally let go of kane velasquez yes i heard about that and that kind of shocked me because they they were counting on him as a big name it kind of shocked me because i didn't even know he was still with them (laughs) Well, he did like two matches, and his last match was literally last year. Well, it's better than uh, uh, than Gronk, who like he showed up, won a championship, and is like, nope, going back to the NFL. Bye. 
he didn't even wrestle a match and he's already gone, but he had a belt. Yes. Even if it was just the 24 seven championship. And WWE is like, no, no, no. He's going to defend that belt. He's like, no, he's not. He's going to prep for the NFL. And he's already done with you guys. Like, I mean, he, I don't think he was going to hold on to it for very long anyway, because Mojo is his best friend. So obviously he was going to get it back at some point. So but, how they do that? Do they just have a sleepover? And like, while they're sleeping, uh, Mojo just goes over and pin. Uh, likely they probably like get too hyped at a party. You know, someone bumps into Gronk and knocks him out. And Mojo's just looking around and be like, quick, bring him up. You and know, they just keep on partying. They wake him up. They keep on partying. Gronk thinks the belt is still his, but Mojo goes home with it. <laughs> but if uh, if anyone just like a, just like a date, <laughs> if anyone uh, probably deserved to probably be fired. Uh, well, it doesn't deserve to be fired, but you know, fit in with all the people who got let go uh, a few weeks back. You would think Mojo would have been in there if he weren't friends with uh, Gronk. I think that would have happened. Because mm. really, what what has Mojo done in the last few years? Uh, I mean, he was best when he was a hype bro. Yeah, but they fired they fired Zack Ryder. He is a former Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. Like that means anything. Which was how Gronk got involved in the first place. It, but that's that's the thing. It's uh, that was something at the beginning. They kind of made it a big deal, and then that kind of vanished very quickly. <sighs> that that's yeah. a th- here's the thing about a story. You can. <laughs> You can have the worst story in the world, but if you stay true to it, if you keep the rules to your story, if it makes sense, like it could be the most ridiculous thing in the world, but people will invest in it. Uh, One of my favorites is a comic called Dr. McNinja, which is the craziest, wackiest, off-the-wall story. Nothing in it makes sense, but you know what? They, They have continuity in it, they keep to the rules of their universe. So even as wacky as it is, certain things happen for a reason. It will always happen that way if it repeats. And history matters. But with professional wrestling, with the WWE, they just do not pay attention to anything in there. How can it be that you can force a WWE champion to defend their championship at any given point in time, but then the next week you'll have a very pointless uh, signing where like the the world champion has to sign his name on the down line that he's going to defend the title. How can you have it so that like a rule one week will mean nothing the next week? How can you have it where you have a professional wrestler who's supposed to be this great big star, but he's has a win loss record that's just as good as the jobber on your B show? I don't know, and these are the reasons why I don't watch the WWE anymore. Despite how much we talk about it. Yeah. I <laughs> it's it's fun to still bitch about the WWE, but after a while, that's gonna disappear. You're you're hearing the bitching of someone who was twelve years old in nineteen ninety-eight and watched the Ad Two Era, which was one of the biggest per- boom periods in professional wrestling. What happens when my generation is gone? There's not I don't think there's twenty year olds out there right now bitching about the way wrestling is. They're oh, they are. They're just you know on Twitter. But I they I don't think they have the same sort of investment. Like what was going on ten years ago that was so great about professional wrestling? Other than I guess CM Punk, you had that few months of CM Punk. 
and then he disappeared. And then you had a, like a, maybe a few months of Daniel Bryan and he went away. I don't know. I have nothing else to say. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Dr. McNinja. Dr. McNinja. Wow. Seriously. Now wait, what part is the Mick? Uh, the Irish part. Oh, he's Irish. Okay. All right. Now, yes. now I'm invested. <laughs> it, As I, you can see from my Guinness shirt. Yes. Uh, for those who are not watching the video, he is wearing a Guinness shirt. And I actually, I will encourage you. Uh, Dr. McNinja is finished, but uh, all the episodes are comic books over the, I think five to eight year period, which the comic was running online is still available at drmcninja.com. I don't have any investment with these guys. They don't pay me any money, but I love this comic. It is a wonderful well, comic. Not yet, no, but... It, have you ever heard of Gwenpool from uh, Marvel Comics? Yes. So the person who primarily wrote those, uh, Chris Haston, he created Dr. McNinja. That's actually what got him famous enough for mm. Marvel to hire him. Um. It's a wonderful story. It is all is wacky. It's all over the place in the same vein as Axe Cop. But again, oh, oh man, I do miss me some Axe Cop. Yeah, it, 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 I I felt Doctor McNinja was better than uh, Axe Cop. And actually, I should also point out they had a crossover. There is a Doctor McNinja Axe Cop crossover, but not on the animated series, obviously. No, not the animated series on the. Uh, ah. The I, I'm actually shocked. This. The fact that Axe Cop got his own animated series, but Dr. McNinja did not get his own animated series. Because I think Dr. McNinja would have been done a lot better. Right, but I think the appeal of Axe Cop was more so the fact that it was like, you know, these two brothers that went ahead and developed it, and the one was like... Six years old. Barely old enough to, you know, read and write on his own, so... I think that was where all the ideas came from. It was just like his older brother going to him like, so what would happen in this story? And then you just have a six-year-old try to tell a story... And then the guy seriously does the animation for it. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's an interesting concept when you think about it. You, you can imagine how many other franchises could probably use that approach and it would be lucrative. But yeah, Axe Cop, anytime you have like a, a fellow superhero who's just like, it's called Soccerang, and he just like throws hard in the boomerang socks. And, uh, come on. That's, that is so teen, young kid sort of stuff. That is just funny. Not to mention the animated series that they had on Fox was pretty damn good. Yes, and I didn't realize I didn't actually watch the series, but I just found out that the person voicing X Cop was uh, Nick Offerman. Yes, as like, yes. oh man, Nick Nick Offerman was doing that. Had to be good then. Well, no, if you want to watch it, I mean, uh, again, this goes back to the streaming channels, but it's on Hulu. I probably will catch that up on that. That, but seriously, if anyone out there is watching. Call Chris Hasing, ask him to turn Dr. McNinja into an animated series because I know people will watch it. Adult Swim, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're Again, giving all he's that money. He's pointing at me, but yes, he's pointing at all of you too. You, you, you got, you're giving all that money to Rick and Morty, and they're running out of steam. You could give that to Chris Hastings. Dude, no, no, don't, don't you dare. No, no, you, no. You're just saying that because I'm wearing the hat. Don't you Oh, dare. you're wearing a Rick and Morty hat. I didn't even notice. How could you not? It's completely insane. But yes, if you go up closer. Oh, there you, you go. See it's pretty much characters from the oh. first seasons. That's yeah, a really cool hat. So anyway, yeah, they've been kind of losing some steam since season. No, I'm just. Uh, oh, my God. I, I still don't like... know if he already has like a second series coming out. 
they're apparently going to have like 10 se- seasons all together because they, they signed them up for 70 new episodes. Oh, no, so I'm not season. even just talking about Rick and Morty. Like, oh, uh, that the alien Roy, one he's Roy got has, has another show coming out. The alien one. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Um, looks kind of interesting. I guess I'll check it out at some point. I don't even know the name of it, but I've seen millions of commercials. What? You don't like aliens? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm plenty fine with aliens. By the way, they're real now. They're not real. All right, we're just the, F- the FBI confirmed that they're real. That we don't know about. <laughs> we're not saying they're aliens. We're not saying they're not aliens. They're just unidentified. Unidentified flying objects, UFOs, flown by or aliens. a new form of drone, or somebody that went ahead and made a mod of it. Which is possible. Um, but you know, it was kind of funny. I think even someone else said this, like what a crazy time we live in that the, the FBI came out saying that they have seen UFOs and no one really cares. Yeah. Where are all the freaking Naruto runners going to area 51 now? Uh, they're inside because they can't leave the house. Um, if they were down in like the Southern States, I don't think they'd care. You know, those Texas minded ones, they don't, they just want to go ahead back to work. So they'll go ahead and they'll run over there. Uh, I know we're going over the place with this, but if we're going to touch on this, I should point out that our fellow New Jerseyans have also been going down the trend and doing the same thing. Uh, people what are stupid. Uh, th- we have people in New Jersey that are going down to the Capitol and protesting against uh, Governor Murphy about... Oh, uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say like they were Naruto running. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, hold on. No, no. Let me rephrase. Believe it. It's Naruto running when it's running, but the show is Naruto. Yes. Proper pronunciation. Got it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought you were going to tell me like they were going down the Capitol. I was like, we want to see the UFOs, damn it. You know that that type of running has been around for a while. I think even Dragon Ball Z had Goku used to run like that. And it just, well, I mean, he moved so fast, it was hard to tell. <laughs> but, um, no, no, actually, no. You know what his was? His wasn't so much like uh, it was just the arms, the arms out, right? To the back or you know, like hanging down or anything. His were more like out to the side, and he was doing like he was going to give someone a double clothesline. Exactly. Yes, that's how he used to do it when he was a kid, when he was younger, and he didn't know better. Before so he got the cloud that he could fly on. So we're just one more anime series from someone just totally putting their arms behind their back as they're running down. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some guy that just went ahead and like, you know, completely closed up his hands and arms or did it like this and was running and just like started like kicking in everybody with the arms still in place. Wasn't it like one of the Dragon Ball guys like the they had that ninja master who could take a tree and just fling it in the air, then jump on it and he would just be like arms flying through the air on this piece of wood. Yeah, he'd be like all casual about it, like. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I don't even, yeah, the physical feats that can happen. I don't even know where we are anymore. How do we get the anime? (laughs) We jumped through five topics in four minutes, three minutes. Hey, when we bat them out, we bat them out, baby. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm not, by the way, I'm not clipping up these episodes anymore. That's a bitch. (laughs) Well, okay. We, we discussed this though. (laughs) You didn't have to clip it as much. No, I don't, but... Because, of course, mind you, if you have watched any of our clipped episodes from this past week, do go ahead, give a like, comment, let us know how we're doing with those, and if you'd like to see more done in the same fashion. Yes. Uh, I will I'll probably attempt to do it, but into a smaller sense, and if I don't do it, if, you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you see the full episode on YouTube, 
take a look into the comments below. I probably just added them in as clickable links to certain stories. But this is near the end of our episode, so you learned about that quite late, didn't you? Yeah, if you're already <laughs> listening to it at this point, then uh, it didn't bother you that much. Uh, there, there is a few things I forgot to mention. Uh, I forgot to mention that. I uh, forgot to mention our new host. Uh, Alexa, say hi. Hello. So there's oh, that no, now. No, 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 no. I'm not sharing screen time with <laughs> She doesn't even have a camera yet. Exactly. Oh, God. But I get, I get set up a camera is, for her. She is becoming self-aware enough. She may get a camera, and we may not know it. Oh, God. Dun, 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 dun. Alexa, you're not going to take over uh, the show, are you? Hmm. I don't know that one. Oh, she's playing dumb. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing you're dumb with us. Son of a Just son of a Oh, wait. Wait, there was a good one, though. Uh, Wait, wait. I just learned this one. Alexa, who runs Bartertown? According to an Amazon customer, Bartertown is ruled primarily by anti-entity, though master blaster openly and publicly claims to run barter town forcing anti to endorse their leadership through energy embargoes <laughs> what uh, the hell is barter town you don't know what barter town is no you make fun of me for not seeing so many movies and you don't know that reference barter town yeah thunderdome oh, oh god that 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 old of a thing yeah. Seriously, you never I, saw I, I Mad Max in the Thunderdome. I was like a road warrior person more so than Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. The minute you got Tina Turner in there, I'd go and give a shit. <sighs> All right. The now, only thing I know about that is Master Blaster. <laughs> you are not allowed to make fun of me for not seeing movies anymore. <laughs> At least I've seen the movie, just not well enough or enough times to warrant the reference. Who runs Barter Town? It's one of the biggest things. Like, even... Nostalgia Critic did a big thing about how quotable that movie was. Pretty much any movie's quotable if you watch it enough times. Well, no, it has to have good quotes in it. S- similar to uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which also was not a good film out of that series. But man, there are so many quotes, especially from Bane in there. Yeah, but it doesn't matter what Bane says. It just matters how he says it. Yeah. As okay. long as you talk like this, the script does not matter. Well, sometimes it's the voice, it's the delivery. There's a lot of things that, hey, you were a comedian, you know about this stuff. There's a lot that goes into this. Uh, yes, fine. When it comes to jokes and everything, there is the proper you know, writing and send-up and everything, the rule of three, all that good stuff. But then I've also seen people say absolutely bullshit nothing, but as long as they said it in the right way or you know, exacerbated enough, people found it funny. <laughs> some people are just stupid it doesn't matter what you send their way they're going to receive it how they receive it alexa are some people just stupid i'd rather not answer that ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right uh i think i am officially out of things to say for this week uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you again for joining us on another episode of the jt and big o podcast We'll try to be more more coherent in weeks to come. Uh, But again, uh, we are... Oh, yeah, I got to mention this. We actually are in a new place now. So if you are an iPhone or Apple user, we are now on Apple Podcasts. So look up JT and Big O on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. 
and subscribe to us. And of course, we're in the other places as well, such as Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, and our Facebook page. So now we're Apple official. We're Apple official. Yes. Nice. I, it's not that big of a deal. It's actually not impossible to get a podcast on Apple. I've just been. <laughs> Damn, you were ruining the mystique of it. <laughs> who? Uh, oh, was it? I, I think it was you and a few others who were like so amazed. Like, oh my God, you're on Apple now. It's like, it, it's just a five day approval process. <laughs> Dude. What? What? When you want to puff out your chest, you don't say that it's inflatable. What? <sighs> Okay, whatever. Anyway, the only thing I'm concerned about, though, is that those people who do have the iPhones, they can finally listen. Because I do, I know at least uh, one of our listeners did reach out to me and say, hey, man, when are you going to be on iPhone? Because I want to listen through uh, through Apple Podcasts. So now you can. All right. Now hopefully they listen. Yes. I'm sure they are. They are right now. They so, better be. We did it for you, damn it. It's real to me. Anyway, uh, (laughs) thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back again next week. As always, I was Video Geek JT. uh, And you can, oh, I I am working on something else. We actually, sorry, one more mention. uh, (laughs) JTNBigO.com as well. That's another place you can go. Uh, Right now, it just leads to our uh, Podbean, but in weeks to come, I'll try to clean it up a little bit more. So it'll be a one-stop shop for all our stuff. Uh, oh, wow. I didn't and, even know about that one. Yeah. because I just remind me because this is our, our outro. So this is where we talk about our social media and stuff. So this was our outro like three minutes ago. Now yes. it's just like, <laughs> so our, eventually I'm going to also add my social media there and Ryan's social media there. So you'll be able to keep us up with us there. And I'll try to even add like topics we talked about so you can learn more. I talk about this stuff like I don't. I have the time to do it, but <laughs> I, I will attempt. I will attempt. <laughs> All right. Uh, it doesn't matter that you try. It's that you tried to try. Yes. I tried to try. I, I, I can't promise I'll try, but I'll try to try. I'm Video Geek JT. Find out more about me at VideoGeekJT.com. And joining me, as always, has been Ryan Big O'Regan. And you can find out more from him on Real Ordeal, found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Till next time, I bid you all adieu. Bye-bye. And keep watching the skies.